This crowd, they never cease to impress. Giving it right back to Braves fans now. A Saturday show. Still high atop. Yes, we are. Rock it, baby. Play the song. Who we be, Phils? It ain't me. Who we be? It ain't me. I ain't no Senator Sansa. Welcome to the bank. It ain't me. I ain't no Watchman. And the best home venue record I'm discussing ever. Any stadium ever. History of the world. Right now, Seuss Bank Park has the best home field venue advantage ever in the history of anything ever compared to it. Cam and Catholic on Tuesday nights and wrestling when you're undefeated. I don't care what it is. It's the it's the best home field advantage in the history of sports. And uh, as my mama once told me, never let the facts get in the way of a good story. Here we are high atop the west side on a rainy, damp, cold, you know, uh, Saturday. Perfect for college football. The, the big games come on later. But this is a dot the I, cross the T's kind of weekend, man. It's just about preparation uh, for Monday. That's that's all it is. It's you know, it's what I'm doing. Get some work done at Grimley and look at the move the tickets around and find out what's going on and who's going to go and all that neat stuff. That's the nice thing about postseason. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. The the energy, you know, what would you be doing otherwise? Okay, and your life is good. You'd still be having a great weekend. But when you take, you know, the kids, the grandkids, and life is good, and then you drop into that, the Phillies are alive, you know, playing in the NLCS. So I was told last night by a good buddy that to enunciate clearer, slow down a little bit, not too much. Don't make it sound like you're using drugs, but enunciate clearer. You have to definitely always had that problem. I'm not, you know, I'm like the guy with too many teeth in his mouth, but it's not that. I think I got just like a closed nasal throat palate gum. I think it's all like jammed up in there, you know. I don't know. I've never been able to quite pronounce. So if I go slower and think about the entire show, I probably can do that. Uh, go brown cow, see brown cow. Okay. So what I thought we'd do today, just for about 15, 20, is a little comparison and contrast of the two teams. It's kind of a remarkable journey because the Phillies are acting uncharacteristic of who they were all season, but the Diamondbacks really are. You know, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever what they're doing. This is a team that finished the regular season at 84 and 78, a 500 team, and we're in and out of the last wild card spot several times the last two, three weeks. At one point, they had drifted as many as six games out. So you were just you're counting the, the Arizona Diamondbacks out of the uh, postseason. They their GM did a nice job picking up some fringe players uh, in July that have made a difference out of the bullpen. But once again, we're not talking about some kind of lockdown bullpen. You know, you didn't have that with the Braves. Well, you really don't have it with the Diamondbacks. So I mean, can the Phillies get to their bull? The Phillies can get to their starting pitching. 
I have tremendous respect for Zach Gallon, as we'll talk about in a second. And uh, second pitcher, Merrill Kelly. After that, it's kind of grasping at straws. They, they're okay, but, I mean, they're, they're – Let's start with the regular season. Their, their regular season rank, I mean, that's meaningful, 162 games, right? They were below major league averages in both offense and, and, and pitching. So they scored less than the average team uh, all season long. Um, and that was, to be precise, 4.6 runs per game uh, is below the major league average. And they allowed 4.7 runs per game pitching above the uh, below the major league average too. Both performed below. Phillies, the contrast to that scored 4.9 runs per game, which was uh, six in baseball, but a, a way above major league average. And they pitched at 4.4 runs per game, also above major league average. How did they do against 500 competition? I, I find that to be telling. I find that to be meaningful. All right, so the uh, Diamondbacks were 40 and 50 against 500 teams. 40 and 50, 10 games under, not so good. Phillies were 47 and 43. So right away you're starting to say, how could a team that went 90 and 72 played four games over against the better competition uh, against a team that was 84 and 78 and played 10 games under against the better competition? How do they match up? It doesn't make any sense. Well, you know what? If the Phillies played the Diamondbacks 162 games, it wouldn't make any sense. It wouldn't be close. Exponentially, they would pull away. But as everybody says, in a short series postseason, things can get wacky, right? And I, I think both the Phillies and Diamondbacks right now are a bit overachieving. Certainly the Diamondbacks are because they're one and two in all of the postseason stats. And I, and I put a little more credence in the postseason stats because it's the now. It's how they're playing. Yeah, it's a short sample size at five or six games. We get that. But do you want the team that played in May or do you want the team right now playing in October? I know which unit I want. So if you take a look at how things are in postseason, this is – Sort of remarkable that the, the Arizona, I'm just going to call these guys uh, Arizona, okay? 30 runs, six per game. 30 runs in five games, six per game average. Phillies are averaging five runs per game so far. So slight nod there to Arizona. How about the fact that they both have 13 home runs? Now, as you just heard, Arizona's played one less game. So that would give them slightly higher average home runs per game, of course. But we'll just do the aggregate. 13 home runs, 13 home runs. A rather remarkable 262 batting average. Again, this is all postseason game. Uh, and an 877 OPS. You know, that's that's touching 900. That's really good. Philly, 274 batting average. 892 OPS. Uh, that is number one postseason. So, again, you got 262, 877 for Zona. And 274, 892 for Philly, one and two. That's that's so far we're talking about the identical teams. Arizona stole seven bases. Philly stole nine bases so far. Uh, 21 walks for Zona, 23 walks for Philly. We're talking about identical teams. 
where is a differentiator? What what can we get to the difference that differentiates the two teams? A little trouble with that word. Differentiates. There we go. Slow up, Chuck. Zona with six doubles in the postseason. So they both got 13 home runs. But as part of that OPS, remember Philly's higher. Zona's got six doubles. This is key. Philly's got 13 doubles. The Phillies have more power and more gap power. So when they're not hitting the ball in the ballpark, contrary to people like Howard S. can tell you that they can't score runs unless they hit a home run, that's not true. They've got 56 hits in postseason. They've got 13 home runs. You could subtract the two of those, right? What's that leave you? 40-something hits? So you're not scoring strictly by the home run, although they have hit a higher percentage of home runs per at-bat so far in the postseason than the regular season. Uh, and I think that would go without saying, given the, the frequency of home runs. Uh, who's striking out? The uh, Arizona 47 times in their five games and uh, Philly 60 times. No, no big deal. Both average at nine point something hits per game. And how about this? This is crazy. Yeah, out of all the at-bats, when you put 360 at-bats together for both teams postseason, how about this kind of, I, I would call it remarkable stat. I finally got your attention, what, 10 minutes in? Now I got time for Jimmy. In nine minutes in? Holy Toledo. 360 at-bats, nary a, drum roll please, triple. Which is saying something because Turner has been hitting the ball over the all the lot. And that boy can fly, and if there's one guy that could beat him, and I'm not so sure he would, but I would pay a lot of money at King's ransom to watch him go around the bases. No, I don't want to see the hundred yard dash. Who cares about the hundred yard dash? You want to see the hundred hundred yard dash? Go to Franklin Field, okay, for the pen relays. I could care less. It's a true story. Chad was uh, racing on racing. He was a member of the track team. Uh, for Christ's sake, they needed bodies. So they, they talked to Chad. He was fast in eighth grade. And, uh, you know, they they won their share of track meets, and then they were racing Woodbury. And I said, you know, hey, bud, for whatever it's worth, you're, you're going to struggle today big time. So they were up against some guys that went on to college for track in, in the 100, and they lined up, and I put myself at 90 feet. Uh, true story, at Haddonfield High School, uh, football field. I put myself on the bleachers at 90 feet, knew exactly where it was. And I was with all the other Chrysler King dads and the starters gun goes off and they go by at 90 feet and Chad's in front by a nose. And at the end, not so much. He finished seventh. So I start cheering like, wow, good job, bud. And he came out, gave him a hug. I was good job, my man. And he goes, dad, I was like seventh. I ran out of the money. I said, no, you weren't. They said at 90 feet, you're number one. And all the Christ the King dads laughed. They said, leave it to Chuck to measure off home the first. And that's all he cared about. That is a sworn story. And I was like, Chad, I was elated, man. At 90 feet, he was winning. So uh, I think if they were to go around the bases, uh, Corbin Carroll and uh, Turner, boy, you got yourself a race right there. Uh, they still say that Turner's the fastest guy in baseball. But between all the speed on both teams, no triples. I went a long way to make that point. Um, I'm sorry. My notes now say one triple. What I do? Did I put it on another page? Well, it's zero or one. Pitching-wise, uh, Arizona right now's ERA is 2.20. Very impressive. Until you get to the Phillies ERA, which is 1.53. More impressed, right? 
batters batting average against what are teams hitting against Arizona in postseason? Two thirty-two, very impressive. Once again, until you get to Philly, one eighty-eight. So as good as the Phillies hitting has been in eight ninety-two OPS and thirteen home runs and thirteen doubles is really really good. When you take a look at 188 batting average against on 1.3 runs per game, that's that is I think that is sicker than the offensive numbers, but they're both off the charts fantastic. Obviously, the Phillies did not play the regular season at an 892 OPS, uh, nor did the team bat 280, nor did they pitch at 1.53. Otherwise, they would have won 120 games. I mean, I'll say this. The Phillies, since they got the 500 in, we're talking like June 8th, and from that point forward, had the best record in baseball and played the best uh, baseball uh, in the last few months. So this is not like brand new, like, oh, the Phillies are fluked or playing fantastic. Why did they play like that all year? Well, you know, at one point they were six games under 500 early on. Once they got the 500, they ostensibly played this brand of baseball all year. So we covered the postseason stats. We covered the regular season stats. The uh, The best rated player for um, Arizona is uh, Corbin Carroll, and the catcher's very close. They both got a plus two rating uh, with with um, the um, a, a metric that you, you probably would understand today if I explained it, but it's not war. Uh, it's wins against. Uh, averages it's get a little bit complicated I, I i trust as much as war and uh for instance the best part of the phillies team this season ranked by this stat this metric is the starting pitching uh at at, at plus uh, 1.7 so it's pretty cool the way they do it but the, the the phillies uh are hands down far and away higher ranked than arizona because as a team the phillies were seventh at plus 12 Zona was 16th at zero. So, again, when you take the regular season and compare these two teams, it, it spells disaster for Arizona, but they're hot as a firecracker right now, and I don't think it's going to be a 4-0 sweep. I don't think you're going to see that at all. Defensively, it gets a little lopsided. Uh, Zona is a plus 46 d- defensive run save. That's just the... Uh, code for they really play the hell out of of defense they hit cuts uh they're sure-handed they do the right things with the ball the phillies have played all year at a negative they've gotten better they were plus for a little bit but they dropped right back down uh, turner has really hurt it with this 23 24 hours at shortstop so there are minus five as we head into the uh postseason i wanted to save time to go through some of the player stats and whatnot but I don't think we're going to have time to do that, so I'm just going to give you kind of a, a very brief synopsis. The catcher, uh, who's young, 23, uh, Marino, he's leading baseball in thrown-out attempts, which shocked me a little bit. I did not expect to see somebody in the 40%, but he is, uh, so he's tough to run against. It's not to say we won't, but we have to think about it. We're, we've been playing teams where the throw-out percentage has been 15, 13, uh, the earning, and they had some really low numbers. Well, this cat's, you know, in the mid-40s. So we got we got to really plan how we're going to steal bases. Not to say we can't, 
but this this guy's really good, batting two ninety with a seven fifty OPS. So the uh, you know the catchers the catchers good. Christian uh, Walker, pretty much everybody knows he's been around. He's a vet, thirty two first baseman. You know he's two sixty eight thirty player, thirty six doubles, thirty three home runs. Kind of a Reese Hoskins kind of player. Eleven stolen bases hasn't been thrown out. Arizona will run. Uh, Gary L, the the left fielder, is uh, is a complete stud. Twenty nine six four two twenty. 35 doubles, 24 home runs, 260 and 780 OPS. Uh, so you've got some you got some really good players. The star of the team, of course, is Corbin Carroll. This kid at 22 years old is every father's dream because this guy reminds dads that my my son too can play in major leagues. Uh, come on, bud, put a little more weight. Actually, he doesn't have to put on weight. Chad's Chad's 160. Uh, he's a scooch under 5'10", however. So Carroll, they say, is 5'10", 160. I've been up close. I think it's 5'8 and a half, and I'm not sure the 160's right. I've got to weigh this up a bit, soaking wet. He's not 160. But he rakes. He's got a, you know, close, close in on a six war. Um, he is unbelievable. He looks faster than Turner. Turner glides. He's tall. He glides. He's long-stretched. Um this guy's chopping, but boy, does he fly out of the box to third base. Watching him hit, him hit a triple is a delight. So this guy is just a complete stud, 30 doubles, 10 triples, 25 home runs from that frame. Uh, he does it all. As an outfielder, he's a plus-plus player. He does everything right. Uh, ends up being a slash line. At, I'll round off, give him a little benefit of the doubt. 293-60, slug. 870 OPS, 54 stolen bases, only caught five times. The human nightmare, Corbin Carroll, 22 years old, right? How much do you dig that? Tearing up. You should see his minor league numbers. He's in the minors for three years. Did not play COVID year, all right? So 20 he takes off, and in the three years of the minors, his OPS is like 1,200. Just bat at 396, will you? The kid rakes. The kid is a stone-cold player. And uh, and when you put him with some guys off the bench, Yvonne Ligoria is really terrific off the bench. Tommy, I think they pronounce it Tommy Pham, I guess. Uh, two guys have made a nice contribution to the team. Uh, they're, they're in the starting lineup uh, often. Um, so, you know, you heard the stats for the season below and below. You heard the stats in postseason above and above. So what Arizona Diamondbacks team do you prefer to circle? The regular season team, they're not drastically different roster-wise from the regular season squad roster to now. One's playing much better. And, and the, you know, they had to chew up Milwaukee and the Dodgers. Uh, we had to beat the Marlins and the Braves. And I take your pick as to who had the tougher path to get here. The Braves ain't no picnic. Let's not, make, let's, let's not downplay the Braves too much. Pitching-wise, they're not going to come in with that knockdown lefty elite guy. they got a pretty much predominantly an all-right-handed group of pitchers. They don't scare you. They don't throw 100. One guy does. But this is just not a group. A lot of guys signed at the All-Star break and no-name pitchers that I won't spend the rest of the couple of minutes I've got naming because you don't know who the hell they are. You know Zach Gallon, the kid from Bishop Eustis, uh, Voorhees product. Uh, super, super good pitcher. Not a 99 up at the letters, knock you down kind. 
He's a Maddox type of great location, good stuff, good, great command. Pitches ahead. He's always ahead. But at the end of the day, he's nine strikeouts per nine innings. You know, so you got guys in baseball that are 14 strikeouts per nine innings, stuff like that. Uh, that's not that's not Zach. But he's you'll you'll see when against the Phillies how how good this guy is. Merrill Kelly, another right-hander, you know, is good, but not Tom Seaver, 3.29 ERA, seven hits per nine. He's actually lower than Zach Gallon. That was a noddy right there. Uh, Zach Gallon was nine hits per, and uh, Kelly's seven hits per. Strikeouts are the same. Uh, again, the rest of the starters I could go through, but, you know, 5.72, 5.86. Uh, unless I'm missing somebody, Seawold's, you know, out of the bullpen, um, you know, three five seven, and this Kevin Cat I wrote so fast, Ginkle, two point four eight. They just don't have uh, Kyle Nelson's one of the lefties that comes out, and uh, Andrew Southrank, whatever. Just don't have pitchers the Phillies are going to fear. That's not to say their pitchers won't be impactful or effective. Not to say that at all, because the postseason has demonstrated. You know, that all of the top-seeded teams are, are home on our side, not the American League uh, as much. But in, in the National League, they're all getting their golf tee time straightened out, right? And the Diamondbacks and the Phillies are still playing. Now you have to talk about the venue. Playing in Arizona is not going to be anywhere near as difficult as what it's like to come in and play at Citizens Bank Park. Uh, and our 720 home field advantage I did not compare that to other sports. Football has some uncanny venues. Uh, I know basketball does too, the old Niagara home court. But I don't know that that's apples and apples. If we want to keep it baseball in the last 20 playoff games, the Phillies have the best home field advantage in baseball. And you know what? You know the madness, the bedlam that goes on down there. The people I talk to are telling me at these games, it's starting earlier Nobody said my mother-in-law can't go back because she said we didn't sit for two seconds. In between innings, they didn't sit down. So here's my mother-in-law at 80, and she's standing for three and a half hours. I felt bad. Uh, but our family will be there in spades Monday night. Everybody's pumped as hell. I'm already up to my time. Can't believe how fast 20 minutes goes. I had other stuff to cover, but I'm not going to get there. Uh, what do I like? What do you like? I like the Phillies. Uh, in five, I damn near said sweep, but I'm going to l- leave one game out of that. Something's going to go wrong, but I like I like the Phillies. Uh, we have to beat Gallon somewhere, um, and uh, with Wheel matched up against Wheeler, we can. And our bullpen's been lights out. The what's there not to love about the team right now? I don't like the fact that uh, Rojas and Schwarber are going to be batting collectively like 140. Uh, nine and nine and one. This is what we pray for not to happen. You don't want a low scoring game because Zach Gallon will give you one. He'll give you a low scoring game. You don't want that where you trail low scoring three to two. The lineup rolls over. You got the tying run on second, and you got Kyle Schwerber coming up for the fifth time. You don't want that, and that can happen as long as you're in a close game. Does Wheeler-Gallon sound like a close game? does to me, all right? And they're going to have Corbin Carroll coming up to roll the game over, and we're going to have a guy batting 160. If that doesn't concern you, then, you know, go 
call Sam Trapiano at Bishop Buses, the baseball coach, and say, Sam, I got to talk to you tomorrow afternoon. I got to get my head screwed on here. It, it has to concern you. We have uh, the further you go down the road, the more important that leadoff spot is. Okay, especially when you got a prolific hitter right now, like like uh, Turner. My God, if that lineup is right and it's Turner, Harper, up, I'll, I'll take my chances with Stott. I know right now he's down a little bit, and Castellanos fourth. Man, then give me if you want JT five. You know, and I'll then I'll put Schwerber six, and the rest of the lineup's still good. I may even move Marsh up. You know, if you got a righty, you can you can create a log jam of good offensive numbers. The top five, we're not doing that. We're saying, oh, we got there with Schwerber batting first, and 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 uh, you know Alex Baum batting fourth. Let me tell you something. How much of the current playoff postseason stats remind you of how any team got there? Zip, not a None. It is a complete, uh, complete anomaly. All right, the 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 playoffs. Look at the stats versus the regular season. Therefore, how you got there doesn't really connect synergy wise to how it's happening now, and that is evidenced all over the place by these different numbers that we've seen during the regular season. So the same thing applies to the batting order. Come on, coach. You can't leave one and four the way it's been. I mean, you've had a really, really good postseason so far. Continue to shine, man. Have a dream. Talk to somebody. Go to dinner tonight. Run into Chuck Rilly and say, what should I do? Ha ha. All right. And I'll tell you, you got to at least change one of them. But if you leave them both the same, that could come back to bite us. And I hope I'm wrong. All right. I'm at the 24 mark. I, I promise 20 at worst. Over and out. Uh, we'll be back here on uh we don't know yet. We don't know. We may do a month. We're certainly going to do a short Monday after the game. I'm not positive yet that we'll be back for a Monday long, as we call it. It would be ostensibly some of the same conversation with a football spin on it. Stay tuned. Let's see. I don't know what the work schedules are like. Chad's still tied up. I don't know about the Monday long show. There will definitely be a Monday night short after the Phillies game, that much you can count on. And that looks more than likely what's going to happen as far as the landscape goes. Have a good Saturday night. Take the wife out. Have a cocktail. Reminisce about the Phillies. Does it get any better than this, guys? Does it get any better than this? Nice dinner at the Capitol Grill last night. Talking to Coach Pete. Reminiscing, man. The wives are laughing. Life is good. Cocktails taste great. 14-ounce bone-in, you know, New York Strip. Uh, Pittsburgh Rare. Life doesn't get any better than that. And the playoffs have a lot to do with it. All right. That's it. Over out. Uh, let's play it real nice and loud, man. Let's let's roll it up here until we get it on here. Sure we can get it up here. Picture Turner leading it off. 2-2 two, 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 two pitch. Line drive down left field. I'll stop that. I'll roll the whole thing. There he is, baby. All right. Enjoy your weekend. Go Phillies. High atop the west side. Wrap it.